Hello, JH. Wow, that was like Frank Walker, National Tiles. Hello. Far <laughs> out. Don't do that to me. That's, that's 90s trauma right there. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Yeah. So we're going to be having um, a, a bit of a fun, I suppose you could say fun. Really? Interesting, I'd oh, say. What are we talking about? Oh, well. Surprise, whether you should sell and spring. I was going to say whether you can spring and sell, but that doesn't work. <laughs> okay. And, and the other topic, the other topic is obviously supporting your local is, is, sporting So that's, clubs. that's why we're all in our sporting gear, our yeah. sport club gear. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. yeah. But first of all, let's hear something from our sponsors. Make sure you hit the right button this time. I'll try. Ready to sell your home? Don't make the rookie mistake of jumping in blind. The first step on your journey is critical. Research. You need to know what your house is really worth to get the best deal. And that's where checkmyhouseprice.com.au comes in. With a free house price report, you'll get all the juicy market intel, recent sales data, and other must-have info to help you win big when selling your home. Don't gamble on your home's worth. Make checkmyhouseprice.com.au the first step in your successful selling journey. Visit us today and get your free house price report. You could, you could probably answer this, you know, the question of this episode just by getting a house price report from Check My House Price. I mean, this is true. Like, it's. However. All right. All right. We'll do an episode. There's many a things that we could answer. No days off. Fine. By getting a house price report. Yes, 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 yes. So, question. Yeah. Going back to your real estate agent days. And, you know. Reviewing the data for years and years since. Yeah, that too. Um, Is it true that selling in spring is more beneficial than selling in winter? Ooh, define more beneficial. That's that's a how long's a piece of string. Do you, is it better to sell in spring? Yeah, do, like do you it, get more? Like, wait, should should how I are we defining this? Should I yeah. wait to sell? Like, my house is ready to go. Yeah, I I'm ready to sell. Look, I think... I've cleaned it all up. It's good to go. I'm not just looking for a price report. I'm ready to list. I'm ready to get it out there. Do I do it in winter or do I wait a couple of months and do it in spring? Look, first and foremost, I'll always say sell when it's best to sell for you based on your own needs. Okay? There's... Some people can't wait a couple of months. Yeah. For whatever reason. Relocating for work. You know, mortgage stress has been in the headlines, but that's never a fun reason or anything like that. Um it could be that you've found the perfect house. Mm-hmm. That's probably a happier way to look at it. You found the perfect house you want to move into. You've made an offer subject to sale of yours. It's been accepted. And we we haven't seen a lot of subject to sale offers over the last few years mm. because of how crazy the market has yeah. been. But I think that after the interest rate rises, as much as good activity is returning to the market, I think we might start to see some subject to sale offers being made and maybe even accepted. 
uh, just for that exact reason. So the, the first rule is when you've got to sell, you've got to sell. Mm. You know, if, if you can't hold off, if you can't wait, then sell. Mm-hmm. The question is to, is it better to sell in winter versus spring? There's a lot of different variables to have a look at this. Mm. Okay. In winter, there are less buyers. Excuse me, there are less buyers active. Mm-hmm. But that does mean there's also less listing stock. There's less properties available for sale. So a really well-marketed property is still going to achieve a solid result in winter. Yeah. Could even re- achieve a record result when yeah. marketed properly. And price right. When you go to market in spring, there's a lot more stock available. Mm. There's a lot more properties for sale. But there's also a lot more buyers active, traditionally. So the same rule still applies because you have to ensure that your property stands out, out. Yeah. amongst all of the other properties. Yeah. You know, and look, I was I was reading an article before we jumped on air and it talked about how, uh, you know, curb appeal. Yeah. And how in spring, properties look better, the grass is greener, the trees are lusher and, and things like that. Mm. Particularly, you know, in the northern parts of the country, which are typically tropical climates. Mm. And that's true. They look better. But that's true for every single property that's on the market at that time. Yeah. Right. Because everyone's doing the same thing. Everyone's doing the same thing. So the competition is fiercer and there is more of it. Mm. So you have to do more to make your property stand out. Yeah. Right. And the marketing to stand out. I mean, realistically, shouldn't that be what you're aiming for anyway? Oh, absolutely. That you should be looking like it doesn't matter whether you sell yeah. in spring, summer, autumn, well, or I mean, we've, winter. We've got an episode it's, coming it, up. It's we'll... more about making sure that the presentation of your home, because you want to hit that emotional yeah. side 100%. where it's like, I can imagine myself sitting down here in front of the bare windows with a cup of coffee. Exactly, <laughs> right. Know? And we have an episode coming up where we talk about the secrets to winning big when selling in any market. Yeah. Right. And spoiler alert, it's going to come back to pricing the property right, marketing the property well, and Mm. making it easy for buyers to make offers. Those are going to be the three tenants. And we've talked Mm. about them before. And we've actually even in, I think two or three episodes ago, we talked about the flip side of that is when you're buying and how to look for value, Mm. right? What you've got to do when you're looking for value. And one of those big things was to look for the poorly marketed property and mm. to divorce yourself from the emotion of the journey and the emotion that the marketing evokes from you mm. because the marketing is designed, and this is, I'll be honest, this is what I teach real estate agents to do, Yeah, is to trigger the emotion because their job is to get the best possible result for the seller. They, they literally have a legislated responsibility, a fiduciary responsibility to the seller to get the best possible result for them. Mm. So they are going to use marketing legally to the best effect they can. And the data shows if if buyers get emotional about a property, if humans get emotional about anything, they spend more money, Mm. right? And so if they're buying a property and that marketing is able to really create that emotional attachment, then they're going to spend more money on that property. Yeah. Right? And so, or at least do what they can in order to ensure that they get that, it. That they get it. That's right. Yeah. And often that results in more the, money, more money, or better conditions for yeah. for the seller. Yeah, that's the game we're playing, mm. right? Whether we like it or not, whether we think it's right, none of that matters. That is the game 
of real estate yeah. when it comes to buying and selling property. Yeah. And this is where choosing a good agent is so vitally important as well mm. because a good agent can run a marketing campaign that gets an incredible result regardless of the season. Yeah. Right? It, it doesn't matter what time of year. Every last buyer that's available, they will a good marketing campaign with a good agent will get them to the property. Mm. And create that opportunity and create that competition. Yeah. And well, that's also how you know that you got the right agent too. If they can come in come in and sell your property on the things that you actually love about your property as well. Look, you know, so many agents that I, I talk with and I teach and I think we're uh, like I've just come back from I think I've done four or five cities, uh, major cities in the last couple of weeks teaching agents and and talking about how transparency is so important. And we'll get into that. We'll do an episode on that so that, you know, our listeners know exactly what agents are being taught and being told so that they know what to look for because there's some incredible results for sellers, you know, following these these teachings um, and for real estate agents, you know, following these teachings. Um, but, you know, one of the, the, the things that I've been really impressed by is the really good agents, mm. not all of them, but a lot of them will sit down down with the seller and do kind of like an interview with the vampire kind of deal which is that what do you love about this property what was it that made you buy this property mm. what were the things that you felt or when build you this first property. saw or build it what were the things that you first felt what were the things that made you mm. oh, i've got to have this mm. right and then they'll incorporate that into the marketing mm. because the person that the sellers were when they bought that property mm. is probably the same type of person who's going to buy it this time because the sellers have changed, their needs have changed or, you know, wants have changed. Mm. But the people they were when they bought the property is likely the same type of people that are going to buy it this time. And that really allows the agent to be quite targeted in their marketing and to really create that emotional connection and experience before anyone even walks through the door. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, that's what you want to pay. That's the reason why you pay them. That's why you're paying them, 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And and look, that's, you know, we'll, we'll get into how they can do that in, in another rep when we talk about the secrets to selling and winning big in any market. Well, when you think about it, it is just as much as your responsibility as someone who owns the property. So when you, obviously, when you go and you do your research, it's not just about the agent that has the cheapest price no, or the no. best marketing. Or It's also you have to be able to see as to what um, they like about the property as well because that can also be a really easy selling point if you know if the real estate agent comes in and goes this is oh this is really cool and that's yeah. when you can turn around and be like yeah that i really like it about this is what i'm going to miss the most about this property because at least then you're yeah. like right you're actually on my same same wavelength all right you tend to if you've got like, those like common yeah, yeah exactly if you've got those common yeah. interests and similarities in the way that you think it's going to be a lot easier for the real estate agent to connect with you instead of just seeing it like, oh yeah, it's a house. Yep, looks good. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And that's, I think that, oh yeah, it's a house. Like that's, well, if I was buying, I'd be looking for someone who's selling it that it's just a house. Yeah. Because that's where I'm going to get value. Yeah. Right. Um, someone who's selling 
the emotive things, the things that I'm going to get emotionally attached to, uh, they're the ones that are going to get me to blow my budget. Yeah. Right. Because if, and particularly if they're really good, where even I, knowing that, no, 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 I'm looking for value here and, and uh, you know, I need it also to depends be on the emotionally type. detached, yet they've put that perfect property in front of me. Is it going to, it like, it's also the type of property too. So if oh, you're 100%. buying to live, then the emotional connection oh, is going to be a lot stronger very, than investors. Very, very few investors buy on emotion. They buy on numbers. Yeah. Um, and particularly ones that hire buyers agents to buy for them. As we, as we talked to Luke yes. a couple episodes ago, right? Yes. And, and he broke that down brilliantly. Um, but I think, you know, dragging all this back, there's a lot of good information here, but dragging all this back to, you know, is it better to sell in the spring, summer season? Mm. I think it's better to sell when you want to sell when you need to sell. Yeah. I think that it's more important that you've got the right agent with the right marketing. Yeah. The right price. And you've made it easy to say yes. And, and we'll cover off that in, in another episode. Yeah. And go in, down that rabbit hole and into a lot of detail. But I think that... You in a rabbit hole? I know, right? Like, Never. Let's, let's just, you know... Lies and slander. We'll, we'll do something <laughs> different. But yeah, look, I think that's... That's really what it comes down to. If, if you're sitting there and you need to sell in winter, make sure your marketing's good. Yeah. Right? If, if you can hold off to spring and summer, yeah, look, there's going to be more buyers around. Mm. Um, but there's also going to be more property. So be prepared to market the property to another level again. Yeah. Uh, to, get that, to get that awesome result. But to try and answer a how long's a piece of string question, a strong marketing campaign in spring will probably attract more buyers and create more competition, probably. Mm than what a strong marketing campaign in winter will, simply because if you can present better and stand out from all of the other offerings in spring, mm. the pool of buyers is bigger. Yeah. Right? So it's, again, so it comes back to supply and demand at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. Surprise! I know, right? <laughs> it's like there's a theme in our market. What's going so, on? So because we were talking about rabbit holes, mm. shall we just go to the JTM now? Let's get down this rabbit hole. Okay, let's do it. Let's see which rabbit holes we're going down in this episode. It's time for GTM. It's G-Thought Moment. It might be drinking whiskey, pot, work, smoking beer, podcasting, story writing, treasure hunting, you name it. What's really quite my gear, singing, playing TV shows. As you can see, nothing's off limit. It's GTM. G-Thought Moment. GTM. What will be his next shiny object? GTM. It's time for this week's G-Thought Moment. Don't, don't, do, don't give it to me. She just yawns during that intro and I can feel it at the back of my throat. She's trying to get me. I, I'm not doing it intentionally. <sighs> I wasn't, I'm not doing it intentionally. Millions but, wouldn't believe you, but I will. So we're going to be talking about supporting local sporting clubs yes. to, to your area, look, obviously. This, yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, this is, it's not really a JTM. This is something that mm. I have done and we have done consistently. Well, I'm currently doing. Well, ditto. Yeah. Um, and, and we do it every, every chance we possibly can. Well, uh, I'm going to be honest. My support has been um, by proxy, by you know, our son playing footy. Yeah. Um, not necessarily, and, you know, part of the whole, you know, it's a community. Yeah. So it, when when you are part of, you know, child is part of a sporting club or you're part of a sporting club, there will be times where you're like, 
hey, do you mind just doing this for us? Do you mind bringing the fruit? Do you mind t- yeah. keeping score? Like all of that sort of stuff. So it is a very much a community thing. Yeah. But you and I can talk from a different point of view of not just being a parental support and cheerleader, <laughs> but you have played. Yes. And I've never done that. <laughs> but um, you've been a coach. Mm-hmm. And I'm currently team leader or mm-hmm. team manager. Sorry, not team leader. Rah, rah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> even though I do do that. Um, but the the one thing that I find um, that previously, now our son has been doing like playing at the same club for what? He would have been five or six, I think. Yeah, it's going back a ways. Yeah. Yep. Um, so the Sharks. Mm. Um, so he's been playing there and he's now just turned 11. So obviously loves his footy, loves his AFL, loves his, his boys, the Brisbane Lions. (laughs) Um, and previous years I had just been the supportive parent being there going, yeah, this is so cool. Like, well done. Uh, and it wasn't until this year that I was like, okay, no one else is putting their hand up. Look, <laughs> if you're still looking for a team manager, I'll do it. And at first I was like, what the hell have I signed up for? <laughs> now I will tell people out there, the team consisted of 24 players to begin with, 15 on field. <laughs> so the coach and I were very much like, oh, crap, <laughs> this is too many cats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I can say that um, I've learnt new, new things, um, not just about um, – not just about doing the whole management role kind of deal, but, you know, I, I have actually learnt more about myself when it comes to um, – appreciating just those little things like actually seeing the kids really, really like get excited and passionate. And when you have people like that, whether they're kids or whether they're adults, if they're passionate about something, it is contagious. Yeah. So you don't even have to be on field to be happy about it. It's no. like, yes. And and I think that's, you know, that, that sort of ties into the point that I really wanted to bring up and why I wanted this as, as a JTM is because – you're right, like, I've coached, I've played, I've been involved in juniors, I've been involved in youth, I've been involved um, wherever I could find the time to involve. But the it's the sponsorship aspect in the support and supporting that local club mm. that I think is really incredibly important because coming back to your point about how they get passionate and how they grow, clubs are often run by volunteers. Mm. And they need sponsorship. They mm. need, I mean, you're volunteering, right? But everything costs money. Mm. And everything's getting more expensive in this world, especially for volunteer organizations like sporting clubs. And I think that they perform an incredibly vital role in society. Yeah. Um, particularly for our kids. You know, we're living in a world that is more digital than ever before. Mm. There is more tech, there is more distractions, there is less exercise in a lot of regards, there's less sport. Um, yeah. And it's harder 
for clubs and sporting clubs to field teams. Mm. I, I remember growing up and the problem we had was too many teams. Yeah. We didn't have to merge clubs and merge teams and combine age groups and things just to get a team on the field. Mm. There were too many teams. Yeah. Right? There were too many so kids. So that's where the grading play. actually came in because they had they, to... They, they had to grade and that's where... So, and, and this didn't matter. It didn't matter whether it was my time in New Zealand or whether it was my time in Australia growing up. And things were a lot more cost effective. Mm. And I think that, you know, one of the best things that we can do because of how vital that role a sporting club is, because they take, they, they give the kids that really positive energy, that exercise, that learning, the learning, the, the social the, interaction. The, the, yeah. I, I find that with, um, when kids do the, the external sports from school. Yeah. Like, cause they already have that community atmosphere within the school, but they, doing it they externally, do. they create friendships outside of their yeah. outside of a forced social group which is what school yeah. is and and let's be honest you know both or all of all of our kids mm. have had issues with school and we've had issues with the way schools handled stuff and you're being you you know kids are being put in an environment where there's not a common goal like yes okay they're there to do their schooling and they things. have to be it's there a forced, it's not a choice yeah, it's not their goal yeah right it's not a goal they've chosen by choice and so that leads to all sorts of variables, should we say, in the social interaction and the social mix. Mm. And you'll have kids who just don't want to be there, so they act out. You'll have kids that really want to be there, so they become really insular because they just want all they want to do is focus on their schoolwork. Mm. And you've got a whole range in between. When kids are joining a sporting club, there's a common goal in the team. Mm. And so they learn to work as part of a team. They learn to work together and they learn to build those social groups and those friendships and, and that camaraderie around something that they've chosen and a mm. goal that they have chosen. And mm. I think that that's hugely important. Add to that the, the benefits of exercise. I was listening to a podcast um, the, over the course of this last week so I've been driving back. Have you been cheating forth. on us? No, no, no. I, I learn from other podcasts. So you try <laughs> to get better. But... One of the things, it, it, it was a, a renowned doctor on extending life mm. and living for longer. And they were talking about research study and, and they found that the uh, mortality rate, the risk of dying from all causes, from all causes, the risk of dying at a certain age, right? Like, and, and not making it to your 70th year kind of deal. Mm-hmm is significantly increased, all, they call it all-cause mortality, so dying in any way, shape, or form, is significantly increased for those who don't exercise, who don't play sport, who don't Well, do, yeah, right? obviously. But it's, okay, if I were to say to you that, you know, it's significantly increased, what would you think that means? You'd think it's a 50% increased risk, is it, what, what do you reckon? Uh, no, I, I would say that it's a, a significant Chance. Put a number on that. Look, someone dying before the age that they should. Yeah, before before let's, the average age. Before let's yeah. say yeah, average life. Expectancy. Um, I look. Un- we all know unhealthy life choices, whatever they may be. I would say somewhere at this, like eighty percent. Sounds like a reasonable number, doesn't it? 
don't tell me it's like 99.99% or 100%. You're like, bang on there, Sian. All cause uh, mortality for those not exercising, playing sport, that sort of thing. I mean, it's guaranteed that if you don't look after yourself, you're going to die earlier. You have a 400% greater chance of Right, well, dying. see, I was just thinking, uh, well, it, you can only be 100% dead, not 400% dead. No, no, no. <laughs> That's the way that I was looking at it. You are four times more likely yeah. to no, die. I was just looking at... Anything, any yeah. any illness, any disease, anything. Um, the, if you're not exercising and playing sports. So these sporting clubs are often the first place our kids learn to exercise. It's the first place they learn to enjoy playing sport and exercising, and they build these lifelong friendships. And look, for a lot of kids too, it gets them off the street, mm. right? Life, life for a lot of people involves two working parents who often have to fight the traffic to get home, aren't getting home till 7, 8 o'clock at night. Mm. Kids are, you know, you used the phrase uh, in regards to your, your upbringing, you said you, we were locking key kids. Yeah. Right? So you've got kids who, and, and particularly as I, in fact, we could talk about this because we had a, we were sitting chatting with the school about some stuff and, and some support um, for, for one of our ASD kids. And one of the comments that they made is 14-year-olds are feral. Yes. It's something like they are just these, these horrible creatures. And, and the moment you get They're one They're the three-year-olds of the teenage ex- world. Exactly. You get one year in or one week into grade 10 one week into the, you know that year where it's their 15th sort of yeah. year or whatever and they've turned a corner and yeah. they're suddenly decent you know they've, they've they're humans again they're humans again yeah as opposed to being these feral animals that are just you know at, at each other and one of the cures for that one of the ways to help your, your teenager go through it because I think you said it to me at, at that age their brain is completely rewiring it's rewiring and then that's yeah. exactly what happens at three years as well there's like a, a big that actually happens. And so these kids who are spending time in sport and are kept busy getting the endorphins, getting the hormonal release of exercise, getting that camaraderie and things like that, that's helping them go through that Mm. and and helping them go through that. And coming back to, you know, the theme, and that is it's so important to support our local sporting clubs, whether it's via volunteer or what we do. Like you, you volunteer, I don't have a lot of time to volunteer, so check my house price sponsors sporting clubs at times. Yep. Um, and even this, you know, go to the Bears, Logan City Bears. I've coached at the Bears. I've played at the Bears. And this year, check my house prices is, is a sponsor of the Bears. Mm. Uh, or, sorry, a, a member of the Bears, I think it is. Mm. Uh, we, we went with their, their social membership this year. And it allowed us to put more money into the club. And yep. look, there were some cool benefits that came with it too. Like, I, you know, we scored this cool game day shirt with our own number and, you know, 11 because 2011 was when Check My uh, was. Oh, that's, yeah, that's the significance. And then we've of got, it. see, Check My House Price on the back of the shirt. Yeah, like, no, I saw that, but so I was we're, like, we're, 11. We're repping, is, that just, that, is that just the no, number that you get but there's, given? You know, often too, they'll go, hey, thanks for the support. Part of being a member means you get discounts over the bar and yeah. on food and you get invited to special member events. And you can rock up and you can show that support for the club and spend some money on food, spend some money on beer and help that club which is run by volunteers, and they work their guts out. Yeah. Right? Massive shout-out to Chris Bradshaw at the Logan City Bears. That guy, him and Ben. Uh, sorry, Ben, I can never remember your last name. It's Ben Ottoman, I think, but or Ottaway or something. Um, but 
Sorry, because that just makes no, it all the more. No better. disrespect. I can't remember ben, what it is, but I'm like, definitely but, not pronouncing it right. Ben and Chris right. work their absolute backsides off to yeah. keep the, and a lot of time, right? The money that comes from the players paying fees in that. All it does is cover grounds fees, insurances, yeah, it, and equipment. It's, it's not like they're making millions they're, off it. They're to not go, making anything yeah. off it, and a lot of the work that gets goes unseen is things like applying for grants, mm. right, and trying to get grants from state government and council and and things like that, so that they can keep the club up. Now, both Ben and Chris, right, have full time jobs. The head coach Shane Prosser, shout out to Shane, who was who was my coach, as, you know, when I was playing gridiron. He's got a full-time job. Mm. Yeah, he's the head coach for a club and, and, and he's managing... A, a lot of the time they also have their own families, families who are also part of and, the... Yeah. Yeah. And, and they all get involved. And these our clubs wouldn't run, our sporting organisations wouldn't run without these people. And I know we're all busy. And the best way that we can support them is use our businesses to put money into the club whether it's a donation, whether it's a sponsorship, whether it's just buying a social membership for the club. Um, you know, we can, if, if we've got time, go down and volunteer and, and help them out. Um, help run fundraisers, provide prizes for fundraisers and things like that and raffles and all these things we can do. And, you know, we can all find something we can do. Mm. If we don't have time, then maybe we can provide a prize for a raffle to fundraise it, or we can doesn't even provide social to, media support. It, or you It know? doesn't even have to be that. It can be as simple as rocking up with the fruit. Yeah, absolutely. It, where, you know, if you're a grocer, like rocking up with, you know, a couple of kilos of pre-cut oranges for, you know, sports day, that is actually a huge thing because you've already got – you know, if you say, right, every single Saturday uh, for the next season, I will supply you with pre-cut and that I'll drop them off to. So everyone at the, because it's, you know, also good marketing for you at the fact that, you know, you well, can think, say, you let's, can say. Let's jump on that real quick. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to say something a little controversial. Oh, look out. The marketing in terms of getting your signboard on the field or your, your, oh, your logo you on the shirt or something like that, that's not actually where the value is. Like, absolutely do that because that helps the club. It's it's a, a business expense for you, so you can reduce your tax, all, all that sort of stuff. But what's really, really beneficial from a business point of view is when you rock up and you network at the club, yes. at club events and things like that. Not only that, it also it's been on does. Too many planes these it, last few it weeks. It does also Killed show me. the kids, however, that it does take. Uh, it takes, it, it a, takes village. a village. It to, takes a village. So, and yeah. also being part of the community. So, if they see that you're, you know, providing whatever it is, it yeah. could it could be that you know you you turn up with the cookies for after. You know, after the game and whatever it is, all of those types of things, it's showing that you're giving to the community. And they have done a lot of research, a lot of research, and found that volunteers are actually happier people, even within the workplace, are happier people because they are giving. And when they give, they're not expecting anything in return. I mean, that's and that's beautiful. And I think. Support the local sporting clubs because they do, they fulfill such a vital role mm. in our community. They are part of the village. Mm. 
and they, you know, you look at kids. And sometimes they do get forgotten about, which they, is they the reason why we're about, talking about hundred percent, you know, and like I look at some of the kids I coach. Now, I, I was really, really privileged to coach uh, the youth, uh, sorry, the, the junior um, Bears gridiron team. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one point. We just need and to be mindful of people's privacy hundred what you're 100%, 100%, potentially going yeah, absolutely. to say. <laughs> no, 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 uh, absolutely. And, and I'm not, you know, as much as I'll name the, the presidents and, and vice presidents and give them shout outs and that sort of thing, I, I absolutely will not name kids. But the level of growth mm. that we saw in these kids because of the trials and tribulations and the the... Um, triumphs yeah. of playing sport and becoming part of a team and bonding together as a team and the way that they were able to lift each other up, mm. not just on the field but off the field as well because they had that sense of belonging. Yeah. And these are kids who are 14 to 17 years old. Um, you know, I, I was... They're, they're going through the more difficult, yeah. uh, like, teenage and, years. And let's be honest, kids in those years are less likely to listen to their parents. Yeah. But they'll listen to their coach. Yeah. Right? They'll listen to the adults do, that they respect I, and who have earned their respect. I do have a theory on that, right? Yeah. Because they have they have a job that they need to do and it is very clear and concise, yeah. right? Your coach is there to teach you how to become a better player and a better and that's team what they want. member, right? That's what they want. So, and they're looking at the coach going, I want to be that for you. Yeah. So as soon as, like, you know, just simple things, like they come off the field and they're like, oh, I missed it. And the coach is there going, look, yep, it's crap, but next time you're out there, because you're going to be going out there again, next time you're out there, this, 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 and this. Yeah. If you'd focus on this and be mindful of it, happen. everything yeah. else will be fine. But, you know what? That's done. And There's nothing you can do about it. It's done. Let's move forward yeah. because I need your head back in the game. And you see those kids go, okay, yeah, you're right. And then it's like it's like a switch. And it's amazing what happens when there is an adult who actually and actively participates in a child's interest as to see how quickly they actually switch. Oh, look, absolutely. But I think – you know, even the scenario you've just walked through is a fantastic life skill. The mm. ability to accept that something you didn't like, didn't want to happen has just happened. Mm. That you feel shit about it. Mm. But to also go, all right, now let's focus on how I can do it better. Yeah. What are the things I need to do to improve? Because I'm going to get another shot at this. Mm. And I think that that's a really healthy skill. And, I, and again, it's, it's a fantastic example of how important sport act, and sporting activities group activities in particular, mm. competitive activities mm. are for our kids. Mm. And the influence that the sporting clubs can have when as parents, we're often beating our head against a brick wall because our teenager doesn't want to listen to us. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's they're really underrated. Sporting clubs and their influence, their impact in the community mm. are really, really underrated. Yeah. And and not properly understood. And well, I think, I, I you know, think we really need to get behind them and support them more. Yeah. The well, the one thing that I have actually, and with, with Sharks, this is one thing that I have always really valued about the club, 
is they have zero tolerance. Yeah. So any negative type of behaviour, whether it come from a parent of the club or another club, whether it come from a volunteer, where it's just no. Yeah. There's no reason behind it. This is a you problem. We don't tolerate it. No, right? Yeah. With players, because there is that expectation there, right, I have even noticed it that when um, – and you would have seen it as well, having been the pho- photographer for the team, um, that our there had been quite a – there's been a couple of times uh, where something has happened to the other team where our boys may have – and it genuinely is an accident. Yeah, yeah. Where our boys may have accidentally tripped them over. They've put their hand out to help them up. They're, you know, they've even and had a couple. It's sportsmanship. It's, it's it that, is a real that strong. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. we're here to play a game, and I can't be on the field if you're not here. So I, I kind of gotta, you know. And they do think like that, but at the same time, many a times I've yeah. seen our our boys actually stop, and you know, there's a kid that's like, like this. Our players have stopped and are like, are you okay? Yeah. And they're normally the ones going, oi, first aid, like, hello. Yeah. I know that there's a play still going on, but there's something but, but here. There's, there's someone who needs help. The and, other and thing that, that I've really enjoyed is there's two boys. And I personally think if all kids could do this, it would be amazing. There's two boys on the team. And one of, one of their... Um, one of their dads is heavily involved in the Sharks. So obviously it is a... Careful, a, careful here. Like we, no, no, no. Um, it is a very, you know, like it's definitely a, a family community. This is, yeah. this is our thing that we do as a family kind yeah. of deal. And he comes up at the end of the game and says, thanks, coach, shakes his hand. Comes up to me and is like, Thanks. <laughs> he just says thanks because I don't know. They're like, she's always here. <laughs> don't know exactly, yeah. but she's always here. And, and, and that's that's what we were taught as kids, right? I'd, always comes every up. Every game. Every shake, game. Shakes regardless, my hand. Rugby, cricket, there's, squash. There's another squash, boy as well. Thanks, coach. Who does the same thing as yep. well, right? Yep. And, I, and, you know, there's little things that I like. I'll do the whole, hey, boys, you need to sign this. Or, hey, boys, you're supposed to be over there. Hey, boy. And it's more of me just being more of a mother duck kind of, (laughs) come on, children, off we go. But I have actually really enjoyed the fact that when it comes to um, not just knowing the boys but also their families. Yeah. And finally being able to go, oh, now I know who you are. Like I knew who the kid was and I knew that you were a parent, but I had no idea what your name who, who was. Who you were connected to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and I think, look, it's it's building that community and, and we, we've said it numerous times on this podcast and I think every person we speak to, you know, raising kids is hard and mm. it, it does take a village. Mm. And, you know, the sporting club is, is a really important part of that village. Um, so I think, you know, to finish, to finish up the set, the one thing – that I want to leave everybody with and the thought that I want to leave everybody with is get behind your sporting club, mm. support them however you can. You know, if you've got a business and you can sponsor them, mm. you can put a signboard up. And as I say, look, don't worry about the cost of the signboard and whether that's going to generate leads. 
what will generate business for you is getting down and getting involved and networking at the different events that they'll put on, mm. right? The signboard's just the representation of the fact that you are sponsoring the club. Yeah. Um, the, the business benefit, and there are business benefits. Mm. Please understand there are. Uh, you know, that comes from the networking. But whether you're able to do that level of sponsorship or you're just able to become a member or you can get down and, you know, one of the things that when we've talked about tough times we've been through and when times are tough, instead of going down and buying a signboard or paying a membership in that if, if we couldn't afford it, we've gone in and we've bought something the club needed and mm. just gone and donated it, mm. right, and done that sort of thing. Mm. Um, you know, if you've got old gear that's, that's gathering dust, donate it to the club. Yeah. They, they will either be able to use it as, as team gear or they might actually award it to a junior player or another player as, as a reward, like an award for uh, performance on ground or something like that. Mm. There's so many ways that we can get and we can support. Yeah. And just I think ask. it's vital. Yeah, absolutely. Just ask because these sporting clubs are, are being forgotten in a lot of regards. Like mm. if you're part of a club, you're probably not forgetting it. But there's a lot of people that have pulled away and have forgotten it because of the way life has gone and, and become so hectic. And I think we, we really should be drawn back to them because they're such an intrinsic part of our community. They're so vital and so positive mm. for our kids and ourselves, our own mental health and for the community as a whole. Well, so get, get behind your local sporting club and that's our JTM. Cool.